Thank you so much, everyone, for logging on again, following the link, hopping on to one of your apps that plays podcasts, whether it be Spotify, iTunes. iTunes is about to go the way of the Buffalo, just to let you know. Amazon or whatever app have you with, that actually plays my... Even iHeartRadio, I think, plays me. Anyway, thank you for tuning in again. This is the day before the 4th of July. Uh, I'm in the middle of a terrible storm right now, so hopefully we'll dry up well enough for people to enjoy the 4th of July fireworks tomorrow evening, or tonight for that matter, if you are in an area that will be having fireworks on the 3rd. Uh, Send me an email, send me a text via 740-703-3445 with any questions, complaints, or if you just wanted to uh, send me a message and tell me how wonderful I am, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you again for tuning in for another episode of Paranormally Speaking. And here we go! And now I'll be reading book reviews. Reviews people have actually left online through Amazon and various other book retailers about what they think of my books. For example... My third book, Haunted Holidays, which received a literary award in 2014, this person who purchased the book states that it's a very enjoyable read of local haunts. Interesting tales of things that most people have heard stories of over the years. Looking forward to reading more from Mr. Neil Parks. Well, thank you very much, Racer93. I truly appreciate the five-star rating and the stellar review. Uh, Next up, This person who posted this on March 15th of 2019, they're listed uh, anonymously as just an Amazon customer. They also gave me a five-star review. I appreciate that. It states, I have found a read I can fit into my busy life and actually finish. Great story and easy to follow. When you need to escape for a bit. That's really awesome of you. I truly appreciate that. Um, Amazon customer who put this post up on March 15th, 2019. Uh, This one comes uh, from a customer or a a person by the name of Peggy L. Placier or Placier. Uh, This was on March 26th of 2013. And she states, zero stars if possible. This book is poorly written, appears not to have been edited by anyone with any knowledge of English grammar, And the stories are hackneyed and ridiculous. Hackneyed is uh, another word for predictable. I bought it for fun and local interest because I'm from the writer's hometown. Then I found it to be unintentionally hilarious because of all the writing problems. The writer seems to think he is a serious author. And she gave me one star, which uh, says a lot. At least I got a star. And even though this write-up is incredibly insulting and completely false, I I still uh, take it as a form of flattery. So I did some research on uh, considering the fact that she's from my hometown, or so she alleges. Her name is Peggy L. Placier. She's from Chillicothe, Ohio, and turns out back in 2011, what happened between uh, Miss Placier and I hit me like a ton of bricks because it was brought to my attention after speaking with a few other people that um, I know very well and who have read most of my books, if not all of them. 
So the interesting thing about Peggy turns out after speaking with a few of my associates and people I know really well, she is an individual who contacted me several years ago. It's 2011, as I mentioned before. She wanted me to investigate her home and declare it, have it declared haunted. Wanted me to put my seal of approval on it, which I'm very skeptical about doing, regardless of who you are, who you know, or if I know you really well. So push comes to shove. I walk through. I uh, set up some equipment. I get a feel of the place. I let my spidey sense run its course. And turns out she set a lot of things in motion in the house to try and fool me into thinking that there was paranormal activity. Uh, Setting up traps, trying to make things create noises. She actually had someone hidden in a uh, secret closet room area that was sealed off. And she had them walking between parts of the walls and trying to create noises and scratching at the walls. And I found all this out and in my conclusion and letting everyone know that she was faking the paranormal activity in her home, which really pissed her off. Uh, she was wanting to be on the circuit for our uh, ghost walks and our ghost tours, walkthroughs and properties and so forth because she was a part of the historical downtown district. That's where her property was located, uh, which is central to uh, the town itself. And when that came out, she tried to badmouth me, tried to drag me through the mud, tried to make me look like a fraud. So she decides to hop on Amazon and write a nasty review about my third and most accomplished book, Haunted Holidays. In fact, the one that... uh, ended up winning a literary award and has won a People's Choice Award and has been featured in different documentaries and mentioned by uh, several other well-established authors. Uh, Somehow she thought that it would be helpful to do that and I guess try to ruin me for herself. Didn't work though, did it, Peggy? So another review would be from uh, Josh Montgomery. He gave me a five-star review. It says, Great Writer. Neil is a great writer, and I enjoy his work. He is a native of Chillicothe, and I know he works diligently to provide accurate information. Uh, That's a very helpful review, Mr. Montgomery. Thank you so much for that. Moving along to the book reviews for my newest book, which was released in spring of 2018. That one is titled Haunted Enough, with a question mark at the end. Nice play on grammar and punctuation. This review is from Mike B. He says, The scariest book I've read in a while. This is an awesome horror, paranormal short story book. This is the scariest book Neil Parks has written so far. And he gave me a five-star review. Thank you very much for that, Mike B. Uh, This one is from, it just says, Amazon user. It says, five-star review. Good, thank you. Great writer, and Neil is a great writer, and I enjoy his work. Well, thank you so much for that, Anonymous from Amazon. Uh, this one is from Parker Stevens. Uh, she is another author. She says, Chilling, five star review. This book was a fun, scary read. I probably should have read it in the daytime, though, because it had me jumping. Excellent read. Thank you so much for that, Parker Stevens. And the next one is from another Amazon customer that's anonymous. says, very entertaining, five stars. I'm from Ohio. I was happy to read this book and go on a thrilling adventure. Looking forward to my next one. Kudos to you, Neil. 
We enjoy reading your books. Well, I appreciate that very much, Anonymous from Amazon. Uh, next book I'm going to read the reviews from is from uh, my second book, Haunted Chillicothe. And this one was released in 2010. Uh, this person says, uh, named Jay Lutz. Uh, five stars. Thank you for that, Jay. Says, I happen to know Mr. Neil Parks personally. Thank you for that and the five-star review. I'm glad to know you. Uh, this person is listed as Buckeye36. Not sure who this is, but they gave me a one star. They say, very disappointing. Do not buy this book. It was very disappointing and seems to be written at a fifth grade level. The stories are not detailed and are very vague. Most of the material seems to have been taken verbatim from the Forgotten Ohio website, which makes me question the validity of the experiences. Also, there are some very glaring grammatical mistakes, misspelled words, missing words, awkward phrasing, which is very annoying, poorly edited and written. This area has a rich paranormal history that provides ample opportunity for a more in-depth and detailed book to be written. Chris Woodyard's Haunted Ohio series is much better. Stay away from this book and save yourself $15. Good news, it's on sale for $9.99 now. I really wish I could get my money back. Well, look me up. I'll be happy to give you your money back, Buckeye36. I'll give you $15 and some tax back. I really wish I could get my money back. Very surprised Amazon would allow a book of this caliber to be sold on its site. Uh, the interesting thing about um, what you stated with um, the Forgotten Ohio website is I provided uh, all the content and stories for that website and helped the web publisher write it. So, yeah, there's going to be some comparisons and the stories themselves because I wrote the whole thing. Now that I got that out of my system, I'll continue on with the reviews. This one is from uh, Marcus McKillop. Gave me five stars on the review for Haunted Chillicothe. A perfect blend of small town history and paranormal interest. Christopher D. Sams gave me a five star review and said great read, scary and fun. I borrowed this from my wife. It is a great collection of stories of local paranormal activity from around the area I grew up. Mike B. says, good, but not as good as his first book. Uh, this book gets pretty good near the middle. I found myself getting a little bored in the beginning. This book was very different from his first. It wasn't as personal as Paranormal Chronicles, Tales of Humor, Horror, and the Absolutely Strange. I am so ready for his upcoming third book. I've had a glimpse of that piece. It is truly outstanding. Neil Parks is a wonderful author with a brilliant mind. Hey, thank you, Mike. Great things are coming from him. Two people found that helpful. That's really cool. Uh, this person gave me three stars out of five. The next review. Mr. Parks has written better. I've read his first book, third book, and samples of a soon-to-be-released uh, fourth book. He's a gifted storyteller and has decades of paranormal research experience. Haunted Chillicothe wasn't my favorite book from Neil. It was a little boring and felt too dry in the retelling. Keep watching for his books. He's better than this book shows him as being. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, if you don't like the book and it's too much um, of uh, like a narrative retelling, 
or too much in a documentary format, and that's not your thing, that makes sense. I can't fault you for that. Parker Stevens gave me five stars. What an amazing paranormal read. I thought this book was interesting and well-written. I live in Chillicothe and loved hearing a new spin on some local lore. I particularly love the fact that this is scary enough for adults, but also kid-friendly. I love the personal spin each story has. I love the story The Soldier by the River the best. Uh, well, that's great, but Soldier by the River was not in Haunted Chillicothe. That was in Haunted Enough. But anyway, uh, five-star review, great. I'll take it. Uh, really cool, though. I, I truly appreciate that. Uh, all of you who have sent reviews, good reviews especially, I, I thank you for that. Those that sent not-so-good reviews, stop hating. Uh, Angela Dawn gave me four out of five stars and said, Spooky and entertaining. I enjoyed Neil's telling of my adopted hometown's paranormal history and lore. Thank you, Angela. This is from an anonymous Amazon customer. They gave me five stars. A big hit on family book club night. I like the book. My 11-year-old loved it. She loves to read about paranormal activity, especially when it's based on real-life experiences and well-known places with a lot of history. I was thrilled to find a kid-friendly book that was also an enjoyable read for adults. Great for Family Book Club. We can't wait for the next one. Well, I can't wait to continue writing and hopefully continue to entertain more and more people for decades to come. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Welcome back. I'm going to cover some current events now. Something interesting, or I hope you find it interesting. Uh, with all these, the rash of UFO sightings, the documentation, the, the actual eyewitness accounts, the strange, ominous things in the sky, pilots actually attaching their names to UFO sightings, uh, Navy briefing, hitting things like Vanity Fair, Wall Street, uh, New York Times, Washington Post, every every major news outlet is covering this and it leaves us wondering if maybe we should say please god let it be aliens and not trump's freaking space force it appears the u.s government is softening up a little bit uh, for a revelation either regarding extraterrestrial life or a world disruptive military technology it's sad to say that alien life seems like the safer option, considering all the movies we've seen where they eventually vaporize us after revealing themselves. Perhaps the only thing more curious than the news uh, that the U.S. Navy is establishing new guidelines for reporting UFO sightings is the decision to let the public know. For decades, we have assumed government secrecy on such matters. In Ed Wood's 1959 film, Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is a favorite B film of mine, but it has been hailed as one of the worst movies ever made, it is suggested that even a deadly alien invasion would be hidden from the public, at least if casualties were low. For a time, we tried to contact them by radio, but no response. 
says Plan 9's Colonel Tom Edwards, who is in charge of saucer field activities. Then they attacked a small town. I'll admit, but nevertheless, a town of people, people who died. The subordinate says he missed the news. It was covered up by higher echelon. Edwards explained, flying saucers, Captain, are still a rumor officially. And yet now we're reading about UFOs in the New York Times, seeing footage of them on video, and pilots are putting their names to the sightings. We hear the pilots chattering and laughing in a manner that's almost ominous, reminiscent of movie scenes depicting similar lightheartedness prior to being vaporized. Then again, everything concerning UFOs is reminiscent of some movie scenes, which only make it harder to engage with the details now being reported. One of the vehicles in question is said to have resembled a giant tic-tac, the size of a commercial plane, though. That's one huge tic-tac. And the UFOs were able to accelerate, slow down, then hit hypersonic speeds. Another is said to be like a sphere encased in a cube. These UFOs seem to stay airborne all day, despite having no apparent source of energy. According to the latest Time story, they appeared almost daily from the summer of 2014 to March 2015 in the skies above the East Coast. Sounds a lot like uh, possibly some alternate universe or futuristic drone technology uh, were being watched, just like Star Trek Insurrection, where the um, Starfleet was on that planet observing this species of people, but they were cloaked. Something happened where the cloak was lifted, and then the people on the planet realized they were being watched by a race of humanoids from Starfleet, of course. And then they had to reveal themselves and explain why they were watching them, and so on and so forth. What's going on? Speculation is rife on the uh, forums, and guesses included U.S. drones, uh, terrestrial craft, uh, non-Numan uh, probes, self uh, extraterrestrial craft that's self-propelled, and uh, disinformation campaign. None of the above, though. Politico reports that advocates of the Navy's new UFO reporting rules simply want to change a culture in which personnel feel that speaking up about it could hurt their career. After all, in an age when removing the stigma has become a refrain on everything from cannabis to um, male postpartum depression, maybe it was inevitable that overcoming UFO shame was next. So... I've never been a closeted UFOologist. Uh, I've always been out in the open about what I've seen, what I research, what I report, what I interview people in regards to their sightings. My my unshaking belief in the phenomenon of unidentified flying objects and the connection to human history and the formation of us as a race, how they're connected not only biblically to um, the Christian faith, if not all faiths for that matter, Every written piece of history and even some of the art of the Renaissance has these bizarre objects just floating freely in the sky as if they've always been there. And, of course, this was all long before aviation was perfected by mankind, or at least um, known aviation was perfected by mankind. Removing the stigma is important, though, and UFO shame needs to come to an end. Whatever the case, this new transparency feels like part of a trend. The 1970s saw a, a raft of regulations opening up the workings of government to public eyes, and these sprang from a feeling that trust could be abused in the, in the prior decades, when Cold War anxiety was higher. 
Today we see similar sentiments, especially following revelations about our counterterrorism policies after September 11th, with less war, or at least with less immediate war, we have the luxury of looking more closely. Ironically, despite the indefensible cover-up described by Tom Edwards in the movie Plan 9 from Outer Space, there's no great sense of distrust or outrage toward the authorities for their lies and deceit. Today, government makes itself, well, branches of the government make themselves much more transparent, even as Americans distrust it more than ever, considering our current leadership, which is the least transparent in American history. What also, uh, what's also new is the, con- the uh, of these sightings, the, the validity. When I was a, when I was a kid, I had, I was about 12 or 13 at the time. I had an unusual encounter I was mowing the lawn, it was at dusk, and this was in mid-Ohio, or south-central Ohio, whatever you want to call it, but I was surrounded by pastures, cow fields, uh, farms, it was the back 40, this was like Bigfoot stomping ground where I lived, oh, literally over the river and through the woods, uh, so far off the beaten path that... They never even mentioned us on the news when a storm was approaching or if there was a tornado watch. We were just kind of like, oh, we have to watch ourselves and they're not going to mention it on the radio. I was mowing the lawn at dusk, and this is when I was about 12, the summer before I turned 13. And I noticed this huge shadow go across the land in front of me. And I thought it was a cloud at first because the sun was setting. And I look up and noticed this giant floating triangle high above the hillside next to my house. And I could almost make out details in the bottom of this thing. Uh, looked almost, almost like rivets, pop rivets, or some kind of... It was a solid, shiny object. And it had this weird oscillating orb in the bottom of it that was like a translucent blue. And it just, like an electrical ball, just spun around inside itself, equal to that in like submersing a giant marble in, in water and watching it rotate and float around. It didn't appear to be any exhaust coming from it, no exhaust plumes, no sound. I let go of the mower, I stood for a while and watched. And this thing dropped what appeared to be three spiraling pods and they spun around the full object once and then dropped out of sight onto the top of the hillside. And as I'm standing here watching this, I then see the giant craft, which was about the size of a football field, descend back into the sky and almost vanish like someone put a blanket over it or like David Copperfield made it disappear. It was just, it was gone. So. Curiosity got the better of me because I'd always been a massive UFO enthusiast since a very early age. And you have to excuse me, this is the first time I've really gone public with this story because my wife likes to tease me and say that uh, truth is I discovered a moonshine still on the top of the hill near where I lived and I was molested by hillbillies. And it's a story that I created to convince myself that I was not molested by hillbillies. 
That's not the case. I was not molested by hillbillies near any kind of a moonshine still. That's just something she says to tease me. She is definitely the Agent Scully to me being Mulder. So I get on my bike, Goonies style, Stranger Things style, and ride my happy ass up to the top of that hill, which had a dirt path um, for a local paper company coming in and tearing out timber to make paper. So they cleared a nice path for me to get all the way up there as fast as I could. And this was at a steep incline, and I had never pedaled that fast in my entire life. My legs felt like jelly. Uh, I got to where the pods were at this point stuck in the ground, and they were the size of, like, coffins, maybe? Um a bit smaller than an outhouse, if anyone's familiar with what an outhouse looks like, a porta potty. Kind of like a porta potty. But they were shaped like triangles as well. But not like a rigid triangle. They had smooth surfaces on the edge, and it wasn't just the three points of a triangle. It was like the shape of what a triangle should have been, but they didn't form the edges on it. And they were black and glistening, very, very shiny. All the light source in the area was just bouncing off these things. And they were open as if something had come out of them, but there were three of them. And I get close enough to where I crouch down and I'm just waiting and watching. And I see movement in front of me, but not just regular walking around or standing. It, it was these three beings were floating to the left, to the right, around each other, almost like a dance routine. They were super fast, and they were moving as quickly as what you see in some of the newer horror movies where when a really dark spirit or a demon is in movement, they kind of defy the laws of known physics and move from nanosecond to nanosecond, not in a regular form, just quick shutter style, moving around quickly. And I, I couldn't focus on these things. I, I couldn't make out features. They had these strange auras about them, almost as if they were giving off energy or some kind of light source of their own. But I couldn't tell if they were clothed. I couldn't tell if they had eyes or a mouth. They were just these celestial-looking beings moving around and gathering items from the environment, like soil or a rock, or some of them went up to a tree and put their hand on it and removed their hand and the bark was gone in that one spot, almost as if they were gathering these things to study or maybe to use to create their own earth like our ours, bringing in minerals and whatnot to rejuvenate their dying planet. That's how I took it. One of them gets a little too close to me when I'm crouched down hiding behind the, the thick brush. And as they get close, I start to get extremely lightheaded. Uh, almost what you read about when people are exposed to high levels of radiation. Fatigue sets in, your legs go out from under you, you feel like you can't catch your breath, and then you just black out. And that's exactly what happened to me. This thing approached me, and I could feel it looking at me, and it reached its, what I believe to be an arm, out to me, and I just went black, completely passed out. And woke up, and it was dark at this point, about an hour had passed. Now, my parents assumed that I had finished mowing and just 
took a bike ride down the road to a neighbor friend's house to play video games or watch a movie or something because that was something that I discussed earlier in the day that I planned to do when I was finished mowing. So they weren't too worried. But what's bizarre is when I passed out, I woke up in my backyard with my bike propped up next to me, lying facing up to the sky next to the mower that I left. And my bike... I would have to go around the other side of the garage and walk through the one-man door to get my bike out of the garage to then ride it up. So for years, I questioned my own sanity in this thing. Did I dream it all? Did I just have a hallucination from heat exhaustion? And I would have gone with that if my bike had not been properly propped up next to where I was lying down. And the mower itself was still in the same place. So I obviously had ridden my bike down the road up that dirt path because the dirt was still in the bike wheels, the same dirt that should have come off when riding on the grass if I had ridden through the grass. It was fresh soil on the tire itself. And the bottoms of my shoes had the same powdery soil that is up on that hillside. Uh, for years, the, this encounter has has plagued me, has haunted me, and I've wanted to write about it for so long, but I wasn't sure how the public would take it. I wasn't sure if I would be labeled as a lunatic, but in this day and age where closeted UFOologists are people who just have a fascination with UFOs, it's becoming more and more acceptable, and people are understanding and listening. I feel safe enough to talk about it now, which is why I put it out here on my podcast and hopefully it would encourage my listeners to share their stories with the strange, the unusual and UFO encounters of their own, whether or not it's related to the movies we watch, the TV shows we watch, or if you think it's just a reaction to heat exhaustion or sleep deprivation or maybe bad medication the doctor put you on. It's important to share these stories and not keep them locked up because it can really cause you to question your own sanity and how those around you truly feel about the fascination you have and, and things such as these. Now, I mean, UFOs could change human history, but for now, we aren't giving them much thought. They're just floating around, unexplained and unidentified. We have a lot of work to do, but mention them in conversation and they're likely to lead to nervous humor. Like my wife saying that I was anally probed by a bunch of drunken, moonshining redneck rapists who molested me. That was not the case. No, that, that's all fun and, and in jest. I can laugh and, and say, oh yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, it was Deliverance, Alabama. But mention them in conversation, they're likely lead, to lead to nervous humor. Or do most things unfamiliar and out of our control... The pilots may be laughing because they have the comfort of peers who are seeing the same thing. But most wouldn't be laughing if they were alone. We know that life is fragile and that it continues at the mercy of a universe on a little planet orbiting around a star that will eventually flame out. The odds of these supersonic ovals in our midst turning out to be a net plus for humanity are low. Worrying about Donald Trump is almost reassuringly small by comparison. 
but at least we're trusting our military personnel to see what's in front of them. As Colonel Edwards asks, how could I hope to hold down my command if I didn't believe in what I saw and shot at it? Not recommending we shoot at these things either. That could start an interstellar war that uh, we certainly cannot afford based on the fact that we're constantly fighting with ourselves. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And you'll hear me next week on a new episode of Paranormally Speaking. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet.